0: Casting live from the finley cadillac performance studio this is unnecessary roughness
1: you gotta score points to win you can't win without scoring points touchdown raiders he went right through the line and gives
0: vegas a touchdown to extend the lead unnecessary roughness on raider nation radio 9 20 a.m here's your boy q
2: And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man DeMond Cotton, he's in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. And the question that we've been asking is, what chief should the Raiders be most concerned about in Monday's game? Who is the Raiders' biggest threat? Monday night from Monday Night Football, of course, 69187, keyword R&R. It's the Salmonash text line. Hit us up. Give us your answers. Right now, though, want to turn our attention to a little bit of UNLV Rebels who are off to a really good start to the 2022 season. We'll do that with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. And, Paloma, thanks for your time as always. And how about that game Friday night versus New Mexico? Uh, UNLV had to struggle to win it, but they won it. And, Paloma, I don't think last year UNLV wins that game. What did you see from the Rebels on Friday night?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was awesome to see them fight back 17-0. I mean, uh, that first quarter when, when the Lobos, you know, scored two straight, they were down 17-0 early. I was like, man, I mean, maybe they're, you know, they're, they're 4-1. They're, they're feeling a little good at home Friday night, 8 o'clock kickoff but I was like, these guys need a lock in, but you know, shout out to New Mexico's defense. New Mexico's defense was all over Doug Brumfield um, and all over the rebels in the first half. So I think UNLV needed to wake up in in that second half and say, all right, let's roll. Let's punch back. Um, You know, let's, let's get this thing rolling because they were down 17 to zero early on, on Friday night. And I was looking at myself like, wait a second, you know, they, they need to respond and, and fight back. So, uh, you know, Doug Brumfield being more involved in the run game, you know, being able to run the ball and use his legs and, you know, his, his fifth rushing touchdown of the season. It was awesome to see him out there continue to, to be a weapon with his legs. So, um, that's just one thing that, that this, this offense is so dynamic. They've got receivers. They've got a running back. They've got great tight ends. They've got a quarterback. Um, you know, so we're seeing a much different offer- offense from, from the Rebels compared to last year, but, Um, Like I said, just executing down the stretch in the second half and and being detailed and finishing strong, that's something we're seeing from the Rebels that they they lacked last year in those six games that were lost by one score.
2: You know, I wanted to expand on Doug Brumfield, especially with him running. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, multiple touchdowns. Now he's doing really good with his legs, but he's also taking some big hits, and he took a big hit on Friday night. How concerned is Coach Marcus Arroyo about keeping him healthy? Because as he goes, the Rebels are going.
0: That's just one thing They're practicing This week um, You know Doug Brumfield Told me He's he's practicing that I mean He's wearing a black jersey In practice But he said That doesn't mean anything He told me about Like the black jersey disease You know He's like No I want to get hit In practice You know I want the defense To come at me hard Because you know I wanted to To replicate live action So so he said that that he's been practicing, you know, trying to just be more physical in practice and, and get hit. Because yeah, I mean, you got the defense, you know, coming at him when he starts running. So, um, you know, we saw that on Friday night. And you know, there's there's some really great teams in the Mountain West with with great defense. So, uh, you know, Doug Brownfield will probably probably bulk up a little bit. He's he, the kid is six five. You know, he's he's a tall kid out there. He's not the biggest quarterback. You know, but um, but we're seeing him try to to practice that more. Uh, getting hit and trying to to run the ball more so we'll see a little bit of that on friday night at at san jose
2: talking right now with paloma Villacana from fox 5 sports here on radio nation radio 920 unnecessary roughness my man demond's got one for you
3: going back to friday night and that late hit that happened on the sidelines when doug took off running what was coach arroyo's reaction to that to see the team basically get into new mexico's face (laughs) about hey protecting their quarterback
0: and it looked like Coach was gonna throw some some punches too. I mean, I was like, Oh man, here it goes but <laughs> um you know, it just shows the, the love and the pride they have on this
3: football.
2: You asked her, I'm working on it. You asked her too good of a question, made her drop the phone, made the phone drop. All right, there you go. That happens. That's happened a few times in the building today for some reason, but we'll get Paloma back in just a few minutes. I did want to get back to the Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R. Of course, again, you can hit us up. What chief should the Raiders be most concerned about in Monday's game? Who is the Raiders' biggest threat? I talked about the defensive line, and especially uh, like the mailman Raider pointed out as the, the way – that or no, not the mailman Raider. So Risky Ray pointed out how they're holding teams to uh, – not very many rushing yards, you know, under 70 rushing yards a game. And as we saw on Sunday, the way that the Raiders were able to run the ball, we are assuming that that's going to be a way that they, you know, try to try to carry themselves on Sunday. You know, they try to lean heavily on the run game and open everything else up. So uh, that offensive line is going to have a lot of work to, to, to uh, you know, that they're going to have to be under. Make sure that they handle all their business the right way. They have a lot of uh, of, of – Work to do. Let's put it like that. I guess that's the words I'm looking for. And then also the running the running games, the, the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, Pacheco, uh, both of those guys, they've been very active so far this season and a lot more active than usually the Chiefs have their running game. Their running game usually is not very effective. Usually it's just throw the ball around the yard, throw the ball around the yard, and throw the ball around the yard. But uh, this year they've been running the ball as well, so they kind of got, you know, multiple assets of their team uh, moving forward. So, there goes that. So uh, yeah, hit us up again six nine one eight seven keyword r Demond. Give us the give us the uh, the skinny. What's going down?
3: Paloma is back.
2: Okay, Paloma, you're back. You you were <laughs> you back, were answering you were answering Demond's question about protecting Doug Brumfield.
0: Yeah, it's just awesome to see the brotherhood on this team this year. I mean, I've been with the team the past two years with Coach Arroyo. A lot of adversity in this locker room. Coach Arroyo will talk about the scar tissue that him and his players have. So to sit down with, with each of these players on the team and, you know, see the passion in their eyes, see the hunger in their eyes, um, you can just tell there's just a different energy and and a different drive this year from this year's roster.
3: And then with this defense that the Rebels have, two interceptions on the game. Cam mm-hmm. Oliver, his interception basically mm-hmm. sealed the game. What's that defense been looking like, and how proud is Coach Royal of this defense?
0: I mean, it's just night and day compared to last year, just stopping the run, their fourth down stops, being physical in the red zone. Their defense has already racked up 11 interceptions uh, wow. this season. So, you know, they've only played five games, and just the, the depth. In, in their defense, too, with the, the secondary, I know they were banged up last year in the secondary, and their DBs were so young. I mean, it was like almost all freshmen out there in their secondary. So to have an older, more mature group this year, you have transfers on the defensive line. You know, you have transfers in the secondary that are older, uh, more experienced, coming from Power 5 programs um you know it's it's exciting to see the defense juiced up but i think that's just something we're going to see in college football too with the transfer portal is now you can kind of go get the players you need you know your mm-hmm. your your d-line needs players you can go in the transfer portal and grab them you know you have a banged up secondary you need you need um a brand new secondary you can go in the transfer portal and grab these guys so um you know with that transfer portal now it's like each year you know, whatever you're lacking, you can go grab and get some great players from from all over the country. So that's one thing I've noticed for sure is just the different talent on the defensive side of the ball this year with you and
2: You know, I knew Paloma that they had a bunch of interceptions. I knew that they were creating turnovers. I didn't know that they had 11 already on the 11 season
0: already in what, five games.
2: What has been the biggest reason for that turnaround defensively and have that interception success?
0: Well, Coach Arroyo hired a new defensive coordinator, Keith Hayward, who is actually his really good friend. Um, and Keith Hayward is coming from Cal. He coached outside linebackers at Cal. Uh, he coached at Oregon with Coach Arroyo. He coached at USC. He he played at Oregon State. So he has a lot of Pac-12 experience. Mm. Um, and, and I think it's just the different coaching that we're seeing on, on the defense, too, and just Overall, the the tighter relationship that Coach Arroyo has with his coordinators and the fact that they don't have to, you know, explain anything to each other or communicate anything to each other. They're on the same page. The communication is there. And in live action, you know, it's, it's much more smoother this season. So, that's one thing I've noticed is just a difference I'm seeing on the defense side of the ball with their new defensive coordinator, Keith Hayward. And that's one thing I've mentioned on my show with Coach Roy. I said, hey, the communication between your OC and your DC and, you know, all your coaches on the sidelines, it just looks stronger this year. It looks like everyone's on the same page. And he said, yeah, you know, I've got a great coaching staff. I have my guys. I have my players. Um, and we're ready to roll. We're rocking. So I'm like, all right, let's go.
2: <laughs> Man, that's incredible. 11 interceptions through five games. That's a hell of a a, yeah. The thing, man, that's that's not easy to do, and you know, sticking with the coaching staff and Coach Arroyo, he's been here for a while now. You've covered him the whole way. How have you seen him grow as a head coach?
0: Yeah, I mean, to be thrown is funny. Coach Arroyo and I, we have the same exact career here in Vegas. He. He moved to Las Vegas during the pandemic. I moved to Las Vegas during the (laughs) pandemic. We basically started both of our jobs at the same exact time. So I've kind of been hand-in-hand with Coach Arroyo with his career and my career. So he was thrown into the fire, started his career off in 2020, you know, with the pandemic um, that no one saw coming. So, you know, the, the pandemic year was tough. Trying to, you know, create your program, create your new environment, your new building, get your players, get your coaches, get everything through a pandemic, you know, you're, you're trying to set your culture over Zoom, you're trying to meet these players over Zoom, right. you're recruiting over Zoom, you're doing everything over Zoom, and we all know that that sucked. Um, and then 2021, you know, still still hit a little bit of adversity with their 2 intense season, just not being able to close out games. And finish game strong. So, um, third year, you know, I think he's got his coaches, he's got his players, he's got his people, he's got, you know, his building, how he wants it. And, um, you know, he's, he's got a really humble, hardworking group in, in his building. And I think that's the players that he wanted to recruit is just guys that are hungry and all have one one goal to win the championship and and go to a bowl game. So, I think he's he's the the dust has settled. I think he's finally got his guys, his program rolling. Um I I'm, I'm just proud and I'm happy for him. Totally happy for him, proud of him. And of course, when UNLV football is rocking, it's exciting to see the the city just get behind them and you know, I, I get coffee in the morning and people come up to me like, Man, I'm excited about UNLV football, Aiden <laughs> Robbins, I'm rooting for him. And these are just complete strangers, so I'm like, man, that's awesome to see. It's just awesome to see.
3: But there is still a lot of scar tissue with this program, Paloma. But
0: <laughs> a lot of scar tissue. A lot of scar tissue. <laughs> with
3: this team, with a team that hasn't won before, like this is the best that they've been in 20 years, the team is yeah. four and one. How is Coach Arroyo going to have to maybe manage those expectations from fans like me and maybe the players that are already thinking, looking to the end of the season, and say, "Hey, they're the best team in the Mountain West. They're going to win the Mountain West." But hey, can't look past San Jose State on, on this Saturday.
0: Yeah, I think one thing Coach Arroyo has really emphasized was, you know, four and one record is great, but. You know, his guys come into the building after a game, like ready to work, you know, head down, ready to work. They're in there at 530 in the morning the day after a game, you know, working out outside, catching balls. You know, I mean, the work ethic he's seeing, he's telling me, you know, it's it's as if it's the first day of training camp. I mean, the fact that they have won, you know, four games and are, are number one in the Mountain West. and You know, the whole team is getting Mountain West Player of the Week. I mean, it's great to see that, but. I don't think that's phased any of these players and, you know, they're ready to work. And a lot of guys saying, you know, the more, the more they win, the harder they're working. So um, like, like, like we've all said, you know, this program has had a lot of adversity in in the past 20 years. And now that they're winning, I think these players want to keep winning and then keep pushing forward and, you know, go win the Mountain West championship and go to a bowl game and, and do all of that. So um, it's excited to see, it's excited to see.
2: Well, Paloma, as we wrap this up, uh, they got a big one uh, this upcoming Friday. San Jose State—they're playing some really good ball as well. What are your expectations? How does uh, how does UNLV go out there and get a
3: W?
0: Yeah, I mean San Jose State looks good too. I know Coach Coach Brennan and Coach Royal are really good friends. You know, they they coach together. They're in each other's weddings. Like they're really good friends. So, um, but San Jose State looks good too. I mean, they got the quarterback from Hawaii, Shavon Cordero, um, and he's he's played pretty well this season. He He's a great quarterback. We know he can throw the ball. We know he can run the ball. He's, he's, uh, you know, a dynamic quarterback. So, um, and, and I, that's just one thing. The San Jose State team's really good. They won the Mountain West championship two years ago. They've mm-hmm. been together for a long time. So, uh, they look good too. So this, this will be another test for the Rebels this Friday night. They are down Kyle Williams and Jeff Weimer, uh, the two top receivers for UNLV. So Ooh. we're going to see the depth in, in UNLV's wide receiver room, but, Um, that's exciting to see from the Rebels this year too, is they have that depth. You know, they're, they're a few players banked up. They have that depth this year in, in, on both sides of the ball. So, um, we'll see Ricky White flash. We'll see Seneca McKee flash. We'll see a couple other receivers flash. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for Friday night. It's, it's been a fun ride with UNLV, so I hope to keep winning.
2: Yeah, no, it has been a fun ride, and I hope to see them keep winning as well. Well, Paloma, fantastic stuff as always. What do you got coming out of the Rev Zone that we need to be on the lookout for?
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm super excited. Every every show has been so much fun, you know, with with these wins. It's been a lot of fun uh just breaking down the film with Coach Royo, what's working well for the Rebels this week. But uh we're sitting down with the O-line this week because you got to give the O-line credit with with Doug Brumfield balling out there and Aiden Robbins balling, you know, you got to give the O-line credit. But I'm sitting down with um two offensive linemen from from South Carolina and North Carolina that um, went to Charleston Southern together, and now they're here at, at UNLV. And that's the one thing about these transfers. They do a really good job of recruiting their friends to come with them to UNLV. So we got a couple guys uh, on the football team that, you know, brought their, their teammates out to UNLV. So that's exciting to see that, you know, their friends are, are coming out with them too. So we're sitting down with the O-line this week. And one thing I'm going to showcase too on the red zone is how much how much women work uh, for the UNLV football team. They're recruiting, the assistants, the video. Um, One thing you guys don't know is that their video crew is an all-female video crew shooting the game for the Rebels. So, I don't know if that's ever happened in UNLV history, but... Every single highlight, every single thing we see from, from UNLV football, it's all shot by women. So that's, that's one cool. thing I want to highlight on the Red Zone, and I think that's really cool. Uh, because, you know, we've, us girls, we've been grinding out here. That's in right. Vegas. We're grinding. So, that's right. That's um, right. <laughs> anytime I can highlight, you know, women, you know, busting their butt here in Vegas, I'm going to do it. Yeah, no <laughs>
2: doubt. No doubt. No, get that shot as as they should. That's awesome. I, I had yeah. no idea that was a good little nugget that you yeah. dropped on us. Well. Paloma, we appreciate you as always. Great stuff. Keep up the good work. Uh, enjoy Friday night, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Thank you. See
2: you guys. All right, there she goes, Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. That was a hell of a nugget. I did not know that. DeMond, you, you know, you're a UNLV alum. Did you know that?
3: No, I did not. I noticed, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be honest, I noticed one girl filming the game for UNLV, yeah. but I didn't notice that that was the, like, the entire staff is made up of women.
2: That's cool. That's a cool little nugget right there. I had no idea, but that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So uh, many thanks to Paloma Villicana for dropping that and many other nuggets about the UNLV program. On us. Coming up next, Vinny Bonsignor has been hooking us up to You got to check your email. We got Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Blake Martinez, all those guys from the Raiders' locker room. We'll sprinkle those in throughout the course of the show. Of course, we'll uh, also hear from you at 702 365 9200. We got some good texts I got to get to as well, including, uh, well, I'll just get to it when we come back. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider
2: Nation Radio. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Adam Hill from the RJ and also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas. He's out at the practice facility right now. Raiders have been going through their their, uh, media sessions. Derek Carr, Devontae Adams meeting with the media. Also, locker room access. Vinny Bonsignor sent us over new Raider linebacker Blake Martinez, sent us over Josh Jacobs, send us over Max Crosby. So we'll hear from those guys throughout the course of the show. We'll also hear from you at 702-365-9200, and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Got a lot of folks reacting still to Rob Collins who joined us in the first hour to talk about the Chiefs, and uh, apparently a lot of people didn't like his confidence, which is okay, that's fine. I mean, hey, you know, you don't always have to like everything, that's, that's all good. So we had a lot of different responses. And one response that we got in particular that I already mentioned, but I'll bring it again, I hate that we have to kiss these chief media asses because they've been dominating so long. And my response was, we don't. We're not. Nobody has to kiss anyone's ass. The only thing I ever ask, and so let me explain myself real quick, the only thing I ever ask when people come on the show is just be honest. Give us your honest opinion. If you think that the Chiefs are going to put 40 on the Raiders, say the Chiefs are going to put 40 on the Raiders. I'm cool with that. I don't have any problem with that because that's his opinion. Just like when I go on a show and they say, hey, Q, what do you think the Raiders are going to do this week? And I say, well, you know, I feel like they're going to win by 10, like I did when I went on the, on the radio in Arizona, when the Raiders were playing the Cardinals, or like I did when I went on radio in L.A. when they were playing the Chargers. I said, hey, I think, you know, I feel like the Raiders got a 10-point win here. I feel like that they, you know, that, that team's not that good. And I didn't come off as arrogant. I just thought that, hey, from what I've seen from this team, this is what I think. So that's what Rob was doing. Our response to me saying you don't have to kiss their ass was, "Well, I didn't hear you say that you believe the Raiders could win like you tell us." After he said the Chiefs were going to drop a 40 burger, you know, in a professional manner, of course. It's not. It's not a debate show, right? It's not. It's not first take. It's not any of those. It's not one of those. You know, it's not. Demond's not Stephen A. And I'm not the Mad Dog. We're not. You know, or whatever. We're not trying to do that. I, all I do is I invite people that come on for free. By the way to give us their opinion. That's it. So it's not about if he says, oh, I think they're going to put 40 of it, I'll be like, well, you know what, Rob, they're going to win. I think the Raiders are going to win. It's not about that. I'm just trying to get information. I'm just trying to make us as knowledgeable as possible on the next opponent. And if Rob won't be the only person we talk to. Well, and, and that's why we talk to multiple people to get multiple opinions. That's all we're doing. We're not trying to have debates with people and all that stuff. It's, it's, not, it's not that type of show. So um, it's, it's not about kissing anyone's ass. Please believe that. Uh, like I said, Rob's a good dude. He actually, he actually wants to be on his show on Friday, and I just I'm not able to do it because I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings. They, you know, they they uh, want me on their TV show just because they know I'm going to do exactly what they're going to do for me. They're going to give me the honest opinion. And I'm going to do the same thing. I I think that the, the, whether the Chiefs favored by six or seven, I think their Chiefs, I think they're favored by six in this upcoming game. I'm actually surprised that it, it's not by more. I, I really I thought that they would be favored by almost ten points, which I think is a lot. But just by the way that they've played so far this season, I thought that they'd be favored by more points than they are. I do believe that the Raiders can win the game, as I started the show saying.
3: I'm seeing seven now.
2: Okay, seven. There you go. That, and that's a pretty that's a pretty good little number right there. Seven at home, I, I thought it'd probably be a little bit closer to ten. But seven's plenty. That's a lot. I do think that the Raiders could win, no doubt. I've, I've said it before. There's not a team in the league that the Raiders can't beat. But there's also the fact that the Raiders have beat themselves three times so far this year. They can't do that. They've got to play a clean game. Robin Oakland said, It painly, It pains me deeply to type this, but they have absolutely no reason to respect the Raiders and several reasons to look down on them. Talking about the Chiefs and the media. They whooped the ish out of us last year twice. They're never going to let go of that misguided double lap and logo stomp. as part of the lure now. From their perspective, the Raiders are all talking. Not much of a challenge, and I hate that. That's from Robin Oakland. Further explanation. Uh, Got another text from 806. I swear, if we win, I'm calling in sick Tuesday just to listen to Chiefs radio all day. If that happens, there's no way they're going to give us credit. They're going to say it was self-inflicted wounds. I'd honestly give up my entire paycheck this week for a win. Sorry for the text. I can't stand the Chiefs with a paycheck. Yeah. Now, the only thing I'll say to that, I think that that's a hilarious text. That's awesome. But don't don't give up your paycheck. <laughs> don't don't do that. I mean, hey, the win is going to be uh, awesome if they're able to pull that off. But it, it's not going to be awesome if you don't have that paycheck to go with it. Oh, right? I love Raider Nation. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I love the passion of the fan base. You know, the, like Raider Nation is so passionate. That's why my man would say something. I don't want
3: the Titans to ever win that bad.
2: I hear you. I hear you. I love it. Uh I can't say that on the air. (laughs) Uh, Got one, nine, one, six. Q, if we beat them, then make sure you bring that bum on
3: afterwards.
2: (laughs) All right. And then another text from the 408, Sir Whiskey Ray. Q, I'm loving this segment with Paloma and UNLV football talk. Demond, I've got Rebel meat marinating since Monday, and it smells mighty tasty for this Friday's game here in San Jose. Not only will San Jose win, but they'll cover the seven points. Looking forward to this game coming up here Friday night. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. That's directly related and fired at you, Demond.
3: I love his confidence in his team. That, what if they won either? It's one of those. I'm confident. I'm more confident in UNLV winning this game, going on the road. They've shown me more. They've got the best quarterback in the Mountain West. Fact, got better statistics than San Jose State's quarterback. One of the best running backs in the Mountain West. Fact, eleven interceptions in five games. That's amazing. Come on, man. That's amazing. That's backing up this
2: team. I love it. I love the defense there from DeMond. Uh, one more quick text. Mailman Raider Q, I'll say I'm most concerned about the coaching matchup. Can McDanny keep up with Andy Reid? McDanny will have to have zero mistake game because you can't make mistakes against the Chiefs or you will pay. That's a great text, Mailman Raider. That is a great text because that, in my opinion, is really the key. And that goes back to playing four quarters and scoring touchdowns and not not kicking field goals, no minus fours. Fabian, where yet? No minus fours. You've got to score touchdowns, and you've got to start the game when the game starts, and you've got to finish it when it ends. There's no drop-off. You can't start at halftime. You can't quit at halftime. You've got to play all four quarters, and you've got to play them solid. Mistakes will, just like the mailman Raider said, They will kill you. Coming up next, when we come back, we'll hear from the new Raider linebacker, Blake Martinez. He was in the locker room with Vinny Bonsignor and more. We'll hear from him. We'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels. We got Josh Jagas, Max Crosby. All that coming up on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
2: Earlier today, head coach Josh McDaniels met with the media. We'll hear from him a little bit later on this hour before we get to Adam Hill. From the RJ, but I want to take you inside the Raiders locker room. And thanks to the help of uh, Vinny Bonsignora from the morning tailgate, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Uh, he was able to send some sound over from the Raiders locker room earlier today. Uh, he, also, he brought us, sent us Max Crosby, sent us Josh Jacobs, and also new Raider linebacker. Blake Martinez, and the thing about Blake is he's on the practice squad right now. He was out there. I saw him out there during the stretching period. He's a guy that I feel like they could plug and play if Denzel Perryman can't go. Denzel Perryman's coming back from a concussion. He's got to clear all the protocols. Nothing they can do. It doesn't matter how good he feels. Hell, he felt good after the game. Right? We saw him coming out of the locker room. He was like, hey, print something. Print something that I'm good because I, I feel great. You know, whatever. It's basically paraphrasing it, but that's what he's, he said is that he was feeling good. So, he can feel as good as he wants to, but until he's able to co- to, to clear all the protocols, they're not going to put him back on the field. They can't put him back on the field. So I feel like Blake Martinez is a guy that's really some good insurance, a guy that fit into the Patrick Graham scheme. Uh, he worked with them last year in, uh, in New York with the Giants. And, uh, again, a, a guy who's a tackling machine. He's a guy that, in my opinion, is very similar to what Denzel Perryman brings to the table, which is uh, tackle, tackle, tackle. That's, that's exactly what he could do. He's not a guy that's going to be great in coverage. Let's not get that twisted. Uh, but he's a guy that is going to, you know, run downhill. And he's going to shed some blocks and he's going to get some tackles. I mean, it's just that's just who he is. So, uh, Vinny and, and crew caught up with uh, Blake Martinez in the Raiders' locker room a little while ago. Here's that conversation. Out here for a workout
4: a week and a half ago or so. Um was it kind of an instant connect at that point when you came out here, took a look at this and the team and everything like that?
5: No, yeah, I went on a, a few visits here and there. Um, but I just wanted a kind of a similar place that I was comfortable with and then uncomfortable with. Um, and then once I came here, it was kind of, like you said, no-brainer. It um, felt natural, and I knew I could trust kind of the coaches that were around here a lot of, a lot of familiar faces.
4: Right. Uh, obviously, Patrick Graham uh, is something that you have a little bit of a history with. Oh, yeah. um, how attractive was that? element of it
5: no very attractive um i think for me it was understanding the aspect of what i had to go through moving forward um and i felt like this gave me the best opportunity to go out there and show what i need to do and and earn a ability to get a role in the team
4: obviously last year cut down uh, because of the the knee injury where are you with all all of that
5: no it feels good okay um yeah it was kind of with the giants it was just a, a mutual um departure between us
4: both um and yeah i'm just excited for the future was that more because of the fit and the scheme and things like that or
5: um i I don't want to go too deep
4: into it um but yeah
5: just uh, a mutual decision on both sides just to to part ways what
4: about this is um interesting to you aside from patrick and all that but this team itself
5: no yeah i think um just the group of guys around here um seeing the team um just being a part of it especially with pat understanding the defense. just, just all of it. West Coast. My wife was the, super excited about that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just all of those things combined. Um,
4: do you feel like you could go out there at, at when called upon now and go, go play like right now?
5: Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I feel like whenever they, they want me to go out there and contribute, um, right now I'm just focusing on earning uh, earning a role in the team right. and, and seeing what happens there.
4: Okay. Thank you very much.
5: Yeah,
2: right. Vinny Boston, you are one-on-one with Blake Martinez right there. Good stuff from Vinny. Hats off. Well done. You know, it wasn't a long thing. And that's the thing about the locker room interviews. They don't have to be long for you to get the information that you need. And Blake Martinez tells you right there, he's good. As soon as they call him, he's ready to go. It wasn't the knee injury why the Giants let him go. It sounds to me like it was a a difference in philosophy. Let's put it like that. You know, not necessarily fit, but just there's a new coaching scheme there. a new coaching staff and a new scheme there. So I'm sure that that just didn't fit in well with what he wanted to do. And so, like he said, mutually parted ways. Um, I, I think that that's a good, a, a good insurance policy and would not be shocked at all to see him playing on Monday night in Kansas City against the Chiefs. He's going to be a guy that I think is going to be called upon. So uh, make sure you watch out for that. Of course, Luke Masterson is there. Darian Butler is there as well. But these, this is a guy in Blake Martinez that's very comfortable in Patrick Graham's scheme. So good stuff right there from Vinny Bonsignor. Now, how about we go to the father-to-be, and that's Max Crosby. Actually, uh, there was a funny little conversation or question thrown towards, uh, towards head coach Josh McDaniels earlier by Adam Hill, who will join us in a few minutes, uh, asked about you know the baby on the way. Max's uh, fiance has a baby on the way, and the due date was actually Monday. I remember talking to him in the locker room on Sunday following the game, and he said, yeah, the due date is tomorrow. Well, the baby still hasn't come yet, so now – Josh McDaniels, the coaching staff, Max, his fiance, everyone's looking like, wait, hold on, uh, the baby could come at any time. What if the baby comes on Monday, right? What if the baby comes on Saturday? So, I mean, you just don't know. So uh, that was a funny question that was thrown towards head coach Josh McDaniels, and uh, McDaniels said that he tried to give Max some tips on, uh, you know, what, what he could do or what she could do to try to, you know, get the baby to come a little bit quicker and, uh, you know, pop that baby on out of there, right? <laughs> so it, it made for a really fun conversation in the media room, and uh, hey, I just told him straight up, like, hey, you know, the same the same path that you you took to get here, it's the same path you got to take to uh, get that baby up out of her. <laughs> so I mean, that's just that's just as simple as that. But how about we go inside the Raiders locker room and uh, and hear from Max Crosby with the media a little while ago?
6: Oh, uh, she has a few pair. She has a couple pair of Jordan, a couple little things, but yeah, she's already spoiled. She has a full closet, so I'm excited.
7: How's baby watch twenty twenty two going for you between practice, game and everything?
6: Um, you know, I feel I talked about it a little bit today, like just being able to compartmentalize and you know, whenever you step, whenever whenever I step in the building, you know, I'm focused on my job hundred um, percent. so we're already staying ahead of it. I got people, you know, ready to call me, whatever that is. So I'm not, you know, stressing about things I can't control and I you know, she's gonna be here whenever whenever she's ready. So I'm just I'm just waiting.
7: We've seen Max Crosby pre being the father. How's Max Crosby being the father gonna be on
6: the field? Um <laughs> same guy I'm always you know, I'm always in. I'm just I'm just fired up, you know, we got a huge game coming up. Um, great challenge. Um it's always, you know, a big challenge when you go to Arrowhead, so um, you know, we got a lot of work to do, you know, between then. But um, so I think, you know, today was a good day. Can you, on and
8: uh, Daniel's both said that the hardest thing about Mahomes is that you know there's four plays that you don't know yet.
6: Like you can prepare and prepare and prepare and then he'll just do it. Is that your toughest challenge as well? You know, your position
3: that you just don't know at any moment what might happen?
6: Yeah, you know, I feel like my approach always with football um, and what's taken me, you know, for these last two years, like taking... My game to another level has just been uh, reading my keys, you know. It's something Marinelli taught me right when he got here. Seeing a li- when you see a little, you see a lot. When you see a lot, you see a little. Um, and for me, is when I see a little, I see a lot. You know, I read my key, and my key's going to tell me what they're doing. You know, if you're looking in the backfield and seeing all the motions and crazy stuff going on, you're going to get lost. You know, you're going to be sitting in the same spot, standing up, not knowing what's going on. So for me, it's just locking in on my keys, getting the film work, um, and when I'm on the field, just going, not thinking.
4: People could talk about that, but did you have to kind of learn that lesson a little bit the hard way sometimes um, At this level where guys are want you to look one way when actually things are going on the other side of the field, maybe
6: Um, yeah, like it's just it's constant never-ending you know repetition you know you don't just say it going to the field out right, I'm Marie my key and it's, it's just like you got to do it over and over and over again a million times to get one rep right so um, you know that's why every single day I'm doing the same routine no matter if it's recovery whether it's on the practice field you know today I'm hurting my sh- you know my shins <laughs> are banged up every- I'm bruised all up but it's like it doesn't matter you know I'm here to get better um, focus on making the team better and uh, You know that's that's all I try to do.
9: Max, you love the game, so Monday night—I mean, you—you remember being a kid watching them. How cool is it to be playing in? To be playing the Chiefs on Monday night? Oh,
6: I'm fired up! You know, every time I get to step on the field, it's a it's a blessing. Um, And the more people that get to watch, you know, I feel like that's that's what I you know love to be in. You know, I want everyone with their eyes on me because you got 17 opportunities, uh, you know, a year. And I know the work I put in. I know the work these guys are putting in. Um, and, you know, we just want to go out there as a team and and put on a great performance.
8: Whether he's aging or not, Russell Wilson is still. Russell Wilson, when you come out.
2: So there was the end of that. I guess Vinny was like, all right, we're not talking about Russell Wilson. I'm out of here. But there's Max Crosby uh, in the Raiders locker room following practice today. And uh, good stuff. Really good stuff. You heard him talk a little bit, baby watch at the beginning there. But really good stuff about uh, reading his keys and making sure that, uh, you know, he's not falling for the magic tricks that are going on in the backfield for the the Chiefs, you know, watching the eye candy. He's got to – Got to go out there and just execute, and, and, and something about reading his keys is what he talked to me about and talked to us about, actually, in the locker room after the game on Sunday was, you know, the reason he didn't get fooled on that play where it ended up being a one-on-one, and there was no, Russell Wilson stood no chance and Max Crosby drilled him for like a 14-yard loss is because he was reading his keys. He said, I didn't fall for all that other stuff. I just knew what I was supposed to do, and it was right there for me, but... You know, because it, it, I even said, like, hey, did you think something was going wrong or that was too easy? You know, if it's that easy, something's got to be be off. And he's like, no, I just read my keys and I knew what was happening, and that's why I did that. So that goes back to film study. And that's that's showing the maturity of one Max Crosby. You still got Josh Jacobs to hear from, but uh, before we do that, DeMond's let me know that we need to go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. So who we got up, Tamon?
3: Raider Mike.
2: Raider Mike, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
8: Q, just reporting from the apocalypse, man. Gotcha. Biden and DeSantis just hit my island. Nice. I'm the Omega Man on this island, man. (laughs) Because most people have been escorted off, but I've proven that I can subsist here in this former two million dollar home that's now in the Gulf of Mexico. Top floors here. My my stuff's all gone. All my Raider cards, forty grand worth, are gone. At every every Stabler card, every Tatum card, every Bolitnikov, every branch. That's irreplaceable, just irreplaceable. The shock is starting to get over, you know, but I'm hearing how my friends that are gone, how, are, how they died, which everyone is absolutely horrifying, every story. So I need Q and D to keep my spirits up. And I need this victory on Monday. If, if I hadn't got that Denver victory, I might be in the back bay floating around right now. That's a joke, people. Don't <laughs> send anybody here. Uh, we Can't won't have any more people here, <laughs> dude. Last night I had to get up and pee at like midnight, and I used a flashlight to go do it. Six Lee County Sheriff showed up like a SWAT team and just <laughs> invaded this place with guns ablazing. And I'm like, guys, I'm the Omega Man. There's my generator, there's my fridge, there's my food, there's my bucket to get out of the back bay, water to go to the bathroom. So I'm just surviving here, Q. I just need Raider Nation, especially the Vegas Raiders themselves. I need this victory, boys. You need strong, going hard at this thing, cleaning up this place, getting off this island eventually. I'm surviving. I was 20 year military police army. I know how to get through this. It's like, uh, it's like bivouac in the Gulf War, you know, kind of the same, but there were guns going off then. The looters here are nuts though. I can't believe they're still here with all this show of force. But Biden was here today with DeSantis a couple miles up the road. We'll see how they do, man. I just need these Raiders to just keep doing what they're doing. Keep getting better and better to get me through the most disastrous thing ever to happen in my life. Love you, Q. Love you, D. Ra
2: Raider Mike out there in Fort Myers, Florida. Be safe out there, my man. Obviously, uh, the worst has passed. But, uh, yeah, definitely prayers are are up to you, man. And uh, stay safe as as much as possible. And uh, we appreciate you checking in with us. And, yeah, uh, the Raiders can do a a good solid for you and get a dub for you on, on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs, I know that'll make you feel a little bit better. It won't make everything better, but it'll make you feel a little bit better, and that's the beauty of sports. A lot of times, man, it takes a sporting event or events to kind of get your mind off of the bad things that uh, happen in your life, and that's personally for me. I can be the testament to, to that. Uh, this, this job that we have every single day to come and talk on the radio with Raider Nation or any I'm on the radio, period, no matter what's going on in my life, for those few hours that I'm on the radio, it's the best thing ever. Right? It clears my mind of everything, no matter what it is, how bad it is, how ugly it is. And believe me, it's gotten bad and it's gotten ugly. But you wouldn't know it when, you, when, when I hop on the radio because it takes me away from that place, and that's what sports do. So hopefully the Raiders are able to do that for you as well on Monday. Raider Mike, definitely appreciate hearing from you. 3.47 is the time. We'll take a quick break. Come back and hear from Josh Jacobs and a little Josh McDaniels before we close out the hour here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: It's unnecessary roughness. The
2: judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning,
8: Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness,
2: Roughness.
1: here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q.
2: Clay Baker has joined the party for the morning tailgate, sending over some locker room access. He talked to Colton Miller and A.J. Cole, so we'll have that. We'll try to get to that as well throughout the course of the show. We've got a lot to get to in a little bit about a time, and I swear I say that every single day. And uh, that's because, well, that's what happens. We always have plenty to get to in a short amount of time. But let's go ahead and jump right into some more locker room sound. Uh, this one's courtesy of Vinny Bonsignor. And this is with the guy who made it all go on Sunday for the Silver and Black. That's running back Josh Jacobs. Here's what he had to say following practice.
7: People don't know the insides so or really go on in and out. Um, I mean, all the guys here, uh, I feel like, know what, what type of player I am, what type of person I am, uh, uh, what I can bring, bring to the team, so. I wasn't too much worried about it. You got off to a really strong start so far this season. Was there anything that you did different this offseason? Was it pretty much the same preparation? No, nah, I mean, literally just worked on my body, did a little bit more, uh, you know what I'm saying, in, in that aspect, uh, changed, changed the way I was eating and stuff like that, and then just came out feeling good. My body was fresh. Um, I mean, I still feel fresh, so it's been pretty good.
3: I think you said after after the last game um, that you weren't, weren't feeling you banged up. Yeah, dude, have
7: you, really Not you, you noticed that? It's pretty regular. Oh yeah, it's, it's 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 been consistent. Look, I've been I've been looking for that day where I'm yeah. like, ah, you know what I'm saying, but it's it's been pretty consistent so far. So I mean, that's a good sign.
4: Not sure if you were asked this, but uh, Joshua Daniels was saying you're not one to tap your hat. Oh yeah. Um, what? What? I mean, I know you're tired at times. Uh, yeah. What's What? What is it about you that wants you to push through?
7: I'd be mad because I'd be like, damn, like football. You never know which play is going to be, you know, the one. So like, we, you know, we was going fast last game, and they had me running goals and stuff, and I'm coming back, and I'm like, all right, I'm kind of tired, but. Um, I I know like the the ability that I have and any given moment, like I said, it could be a big play. So whenever I try to stay in, it's just more so if I want to make my impact of the game and leave my stamp on the game. Um, But if I feel like, you know, I really, I'm gonna handle myself, then obviously I'm gonna come out But yeah, I'll try to do what I can.
4: The offensive line was kind of a work in progress, uh, you know, this early part of the year. Do you feel like you see them kind of coming around?
7: I think that, I think that y'all just now seeing them. I I mean, I've been seeing that from them. that's why, I mean, I, I already, I've already seen a lot of them in, in uh, OTAs and even, you know, camp. So I think that the world is now seeing what they can do when we put it together. And, I mean, we have a solid, uh, you know, mind, one single mind uh, of what we want to get done that week. So, I mean, like, we, we came out and wanted to run the ball, and we all put our heads to it, and, and we did it. So, I mean, I think we can do that whenever, whenever we all, you know, sit down and really put our mind to it.
3: Obviously, you guys have situations where, you know, the blocking is good and you kind of just have open holes to run through. But yeah. You also had plays where you fight through multiple tackles. That mm-hmm. One of the touchdowns that you have powering through guys. Where, where's that mentality come from this season, just kind of fighting through? Man, I tell them, like,
7: it's, it's funny because, like, I tell the offensive line, you know, they get a lot of slack on runs because if they miss, it's so obvious. You know, we can miss something and some you might not even notice it. But when they miss, it, so obvious. So I told them, like, sit down. I'm like, man, if y'all miss, it's okay. It's my job to make y'all right. Um, so whenever whenever they do have a, a mishap here and there, I try to be the one to make them right. So even if it's, a, you know, a gang of three or, or a gang of two, it's not a negative word. So, I mean, I, I kind of put that on myself to, uh, to, to help them in any way possible. can. <laughs>
2: There's running back Josh Jacobs, and just in time, wrap that one up as he was getting a little loud in the Raiders locker room, but love the mentality of Josh Jacobs, man. Just love the way that he, you know, talks about if you miss the block, don't worry, I'm going to get you right. I'm running hard, took care of my body. I mean, just so much. Josh Jacobs just seems to have the right head on his shoulders, and, of course, I don't know him outside of what he does, but he just seems like like he's he's got things together, and, you know, his his purpose is to go out there and do everything he can for the good of the Raiders. And that's just, you know, again, that's what he he seems like he's doing. And, of course, this year, since he got the fifth-year option decline, he's in a contract year. And players in contract years are undefeated, right? They always want to go out there and prove their worth. So uh, the Raiders are going to get the best version of Josh Jacobs they can get. And on Sunday, they really got a great version of Josh Jacobs. So, uh, tomorrow we got a couple minutes. We can get some some uh, Coach McDaniel sound there real quick. Yeah, let's do it. All right, how about uh, we start, start it off as he's talking about the Chiefs. This was Coach McDaniels earlier today. He met with us, and he was just talking about preparing for
9: the Kansas City Chiefs Monday night. Well, we're uh, obviously well into Kansas City. Um, this will be a, uh, <clears throat> a big challenge. Uh, They're uh, very well coached. Obviously, Coach Reed's been doing it for a long time. Um, got a really good staff. Um, a lot of good players on uh, both sides of the ball, all three phases in a kicking game. Um, you know, and they really—they've uh, uh, obviously played a couple games where they've been able to get away from some people here early and uh, get off to a good start, and really, you know, put some pressure on you to keep up. Um, you know, so we're gonna—it's gonna take um, you know a really good effort from all three phases. Um, we're gonna need a good week of practice here. Uh, guys came in with a good attitude today, ready to get started, and you know, got an extra day, which is a good thing uh, for this team. Uh, they. They do a lot of things, so it'll be good for us to have an extra opportunity to work. So there's head
2: coach Josh B. Daniels just talking about the team overall and preparing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you know, it's just it's different each and every week. Every team is unique to you know who they are, and Kansas City is no different. But they just they're just different and, and dynamic, and everyone knows uh, their abilities and how they can score real quick, fast, and in a hurry. And of course, everyone knows what Patrick Mahomes could do with the ball in his hands. So here's Josh B. Daniels talking about the difficulty of defending Patrick Mahomes.
9: Look, he's going to make some plays. You know, that's not a, um, that's not going to be a mystery. Um, there's going to be some things that he does in the game that you know, he's a great player. You know, and I think that you know, it's just you know, when you when you play a great player in any sport, you know, they're gonna they're gonna produce some moments like that during the course of the game. I think the biggest thing is you just have to try to be consistent and discipline in your approach and you know if you can keep playing and have the right idea and you know make it as hard as you can on them. Uh, I think everybody tries to do that you know some may have more success than others but you know you're not gonna stop this guy from you know doing some really you know good things for their team that's just the nature of this sport and he's that kind of player so um, you know just make it as tough as we can on them. That's what we're gonna try to do and Um, you know hope they you know try to to make them have to earn everything that they get and uh, you know but again you can't get discouraged because he makes a great play I mean there's probably going to be a few of those and you got that's why you know it's a team sport and you know we're gonna have to come back and you know score some points on our end too so um, you know it's it's just one of those things you're gonna have to live with sometimes sometimes.
2: You're gonna have to, you know, do everything you can to limit the big plays that Patrick Mahomes makes, the, the wild plays, right? The breakdown plays. Those are probably the ones that. The Raiders really need to concern themselves with the most, right? The, the plays where it looks like, okay, he should be sacked, it should end up becoming an incompletion. He might have to throw the ball away, and then all of a sudden he he ends up with some kind of big play. Like those are the plays that you have to eliminate. If he just stands in the back in the pocket and he just happens to make some throws and make some passes and and they're able to uh, score and this that and the other, that's one thing you could live with. But man, it's those it's those ones that are backbreakers where you feel like he's right there to be had. He's right there. Oh, Max is going to get him. Oh, Chandler's going to get him, and then. Boom, he ends up, you know, throwing across the field, across his body, something that's a no-no, and turns into a big play. Those are the ones that the Raiders have to eliminate. When we come back, we'll talk to Adam Hill from the RJ and also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, get his vibe of the players in the locker room, what he thinks the Raiders are going to have to do as they uh, travel to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs on Monday night football. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.
1: Did you miss one of your favorite Raiders radio shows? Podcasts for the morning tailgate, the JT The Brick Show, Unnecessary Roughness? can all be found on our website. So check out lvsportsnetwork.com anytime and listen whenever you want. A lot of times when people are in an accident, they're afraid to leave the scene until the police have arrived. Sometimes they wait hours. In reality, most times you don't need to do this if you know how to protect yourself. I'm Justin Watkins with Battleborne Injury Lawyers. If you want to know what to do when an accident happens, save our number in your phone and call us from the scene. We will talk you through it all free of charge. Call or store Battleborn in your phones today, 766 1400, anywhere in Nevada. You've heard us talking about it. Now check it out. The Tailgater Tavern is your home for all Allegiant Stadium events. Less than a half mile from the stadium, the Tailgater is your pre- and post-game party destination. Eat, drink, and party before and after every Raiders game, Rebels game, concert, or special event. They have 24 beers on tap, a great menu, and wall-to-wall TV, so you'll never miss a second of the action.
2: Eat, drink, and play 24-7. The Tailgater Tavern at Russell and Valley View, your gateway to the stadium. This is JT. And for years, I've been telling you about the best meat deal in
9: town, locally cut and direct to your front door, individually vacuum sealed, the best steaks, pork and chicken that I've ever had. How about the ground beef? It's got everything that you would love. I'm telling you, Meetup Vegas does it all for me. Not parking lot meat, not Omaha meat. It's the best meat in town. Go to meetupvegas.com. And when you go to the checkout to get the deal, put in JT the Brick for the hookup offer.
4: At In-N-Out, we like to think of ourselves as the vintage muscle car of burgers. After all, both are handcrafted, made with an appreciation for every detail. One with the finest materials, the other with the freshest ingredients. And seeing either one brings a smile to your face. Muscle cars and Double Doubles are all American classics, and both are gone in seconds.
1: Sound off Raider Nation. Join GT the Brick weekdays from noon to 2 p.m. from the most interactive talk show in sports talk radio. We are RNR 920 a.m. KRLV Las Vegas. Raider Nation has found its new home for daily Raiders content. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m., part of the Las Vegas